SMQB's episode 124. Brewster, give me a name or number in sports that you're thinking about today. George Brett. 40 years ago today, the Pine Tar game. I remember watching it. Wow. Okay, good one. Milk, what do you got? Oh, I'm thinking about the Phillies. They just throw up in my mouth. (laughs) I need them to win this week against the Orioles. It's it's just a horrifying position to be in. Brutal. (laughs) House from Philly, what do you got? Milk, we're thinking about the same thing, buddy. Number 17... Shohei Otani is going to look great in a Phillies uniform next week at the trade deadline. What? You guys afford him. Nah, nah that's not how you send all the assets the Angels need. You're sending Harper and Trey Turner. No, we get to keep both of them. <laughs> good luck, it's, right, a good, it's a good got, debate, by the way. I got a couple <laughs> numbers. First of all, June 2021. The last time the Nats swept a three-game series wow. until this weekend when they swept the playoff, possibly playoff-bound Giants. But the two bigger numbers are $6.05 billion and $60 million, two numbers very relevant to all Washington football fans. And we will certainly be talking more about those numbers uh, a little later. We are missing hope from Dallas today. So here we are house. Let's get it started. You got something near and dear to your heart that you want to talk about. You know, like we were joking a couple weeks ago about, um, how, how Ricky Fowler, um, wears orange on Sundays and, and, and then he always loses and rooster was like, maybe Ricky should stop wearing orange on Sundays. (laughs) But, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I am as superstitious as they come when it comes to watching sports uh, and in anything in sports, I am extremely superstitious. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of sports customs, the, uh, you know, tiger wearing his Sunday red and LeBron James throwing up chalk before every single, you know, game that he plays every single one. There's, there's a ton of these, um, you Which know, you stole from Kevin Garnett, by the way, I don't even remember that. Is that right? Yep. Uh, so Nick Castellanos, when he scores, every time he scores, he crosses the plate and he runs a couple fingers across the dirt every single time. I know you guys have seen a million pitchers, step across the first base chalk lines as they go back to the dugout. So I don't know. I just wondering if you guys are as superstitious as me on this and and some of your favorite sports superstitions. I I think before we jump into it house, I do think it's worth noting that you're not just superstitious. You think your behavior actually affects the fucking outcome of the game. And that's let's dive into this. That's that's borderline crazy. That's you don't think it does? <laughs> For someone educated in, in the law and uh, rational thinking, it comes very close to crossing a line of crazy town. Just, Wait, but just let me saying. ask you something, Bison. The next time, uh, I don't know, do you have any good pitchers on the Nationals right now? Let's say, let's say Patrick Corbin. <laughs> oh, uh, takes the mound tomorrow night and seven innings in, he's got a no hitter. Can I text you? Hey, you should turn on the game. Corbin's got a no hitter going. Can I Fuck do that? No, you asshole. Why would you do such a thing? Why can you, can, are we controlling the outcome? That's totally different. That's the what are you talking gods. about? Those are the baseball gods. <laughs> oh, here that's we go. To- that's totally different. Uh, and oh obviously, obviously that's my superstition is that you never talk about a no hitter. Obviously. Why? Because you're controlling the outcome. We control outcomes with our mind. It, it happens. If, if, if you're up. If, oh, my God. If, listen, if Milk, let me ask you this question. If if Milk, milk and I, I are know, signing I, off any minute now. 
I know the I know it's going to be a while to the Bucks win again. But when the Bucks were winning, if it's late in the game and things are going well, are you willing to get up from the seat on the couch that you're sitting at and move to a different place? It right in the middle of like a critical juncture of the game, or do you think that seat is a lucky seat? I I will give you this: if I'm standing in a certain position, sitting in a certain seat, and success starts to happen, I cannot leave that. Exactly. So I don't know why I don't like it. I feel like I'm clinically insane, but I can't move. I, I, and I do feel like we will lose if I do. Exactly. And there's been times where I have, I totally, totally disagree with all three of you. I just, you have, you have no superstitions. No, none. I, I really refuse to believe that. Uh, supernatural things which fans or athletes might believe in uh, have the power to control the outcome of a game or a person's performance or any of that. I just don't believe it. I think it's nonsense. Likewise, I don't believe that if there is a God, that God is paying attention to every single sporting event in in america <laughs> and that you know when you hit a home run you you should be looking up to the heavens and you know god doesn't care about your touchdown sorry the one the one thing i'll say about the you don't talk about a no hitter is that you know generally speaking that refers to guys in the dugout and the reason for that is you don't want to break the pitcher's concentration i think yeah, but that's, people yell at the announcers the tv announcers when they talk about it well, you just why tell How many fate. times have you seen some a guy say, throw up a stat about this hasn't well, happened? He's, to made, he's made his last 10 free throws. And oh, then he misses. Can't say that. I mean, come on, man. Wait, did you guys did you guys play baseball at any at any I we yes. know bison did. I okay. Did. So so you mean to tell me in, in your entire career of baseball from little league to whenever you stop, you didn't have a lucky glove, a lucky bat, any of those things? That's. I think there's a difference between superstition and ritual, and sometimes okay. rituals help us calm the mind. Right? Oh, okay. And and you're just. This is semantics. No, speak no, more, it's not. Speak no, more, Doctor Doctor Rooster. All right. Here's. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a beautiful example of a, of a ritual that helped clear a player's mind. Remember what Jason Giambi used to do when he got into a batting slump? No. He would wear a gold I know thong Mark under Grace his under his uniform. <laughs> what? And and it just it somehow made him just like I can't possibly t- be taking myself too seriously right now wearing this thing under my uniform. And it, and it, and for him it worked. The problem I have is with the people who are so damn superstitious that they do things the same way every single day on game day and including their meals and everything else is when they get in a slump. What are they supposed to do? Because they're so superstitious, they can't change their their routines, or the, you know they're going to get struck by lightning or something. Richie, so you, well, you don't think Wade Boggs should have eaten chicken before every single game that he ever played? <laughs> no, no, I do. I think if that helped him free his mind up, that's great. The problem is he inevitably had a slump. So what did he do? He didn't stop eating chicken. Right. He didn't stop taking batting practice at the same time every day. You know, you know, Larry. What was that guy's name? Larry Walker, the Hall of Famer for the Rockies thought there was some magic to the number three. So he wore number 33. He got up at 33 minutes past the hour every day. He got married at 3.33 p.m. on the 3rd of November. I know a lot about this. Is it's divorced? Just, it's, I just think people are nuts. I, you know, uh, really, come on. You have, no, you have no lucky shirt that you wear for any of your team's sporting events? No. Wow. I wow. and when I played baseball, I would I would step on the line without any concern for whether I was going to get tr- run over by a black cat and wow. have a mirror fall on my head. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Now, but again, now sometimes rituals can be changed, and all of a sudden you have a new a new mindset. Like I just read an article today that Anthony Rizzo is having a horrible year, so he changed his walk up sign. To some garbage Taylor Smith Taylor Swift song, and then broke broke out of his streak, Uh, broke out of his batting slump. No, Taylor affects everything. So you think you're telling me, Rooster, in Bull Durham, they did not need a live Rooster to take the curse off of Jose's glove. (laughs) 
Yes, I am really telling you that. All right, I here's really another one. Here's another one. I'm, pr- I'm sure. I'm pretty sure only House would agree with this one. There was a manager for Birmingham City in the '90s named Barry Fry. Okay. Every day before a home match, he would go and pee in the corner <laughs> of each corner of the stadium to get rid of evil spirits. I mean, that's insane. Were they successful? How would how they do? I don't know. Do? Who knows? You remember Birmingham City being a powerhouse in the nineties? I don't. Are you talking let about me, soccer? Let me yeah, let, let me, me tell, tell you. you. I don't remember me, anything about soccer. Let me tell you how superstitious I am. So my favorite number is twenty four, and in the last several years at the Eagles games, they have now given they have given the beer man. They they have their own uniform numbers, so you can you know which beer man you know like beer man is wearing sixty eight. So I will walk around the stadium till I find beer man twenty four before what? I get a beer. Oh. Yeah, oh. <laughs> really. Oh, oh God. Let's face it: the all time house insanity was the snowman. Oh, oh, boy. Oof, are we allowed to talk about that snowman? Oof. Yeah, I by mean, the way, that it worked out pretty well. I don't know. Carson Wentz is about to be out of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So it worked out around, well for him. And during the winter of their Super Bowl season, House sent us a photo of a snowman that his family made, and they put Carson Wentz's jersey on it. And shortly after that, he got injured. And House, House sends us all a note saying, I blame myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, Jake and I, taking it too far in the, Jake and I made a snowman we put Carson Wentz on it and the very next game he had that injury against the against the Rams he was out for the season and lo and behold what happens the Eagles win a Super Bowl don't tell me that didn't affect the outcome we weren't going to get there apparently with Carson you were despondent <laughs> when he got hurt and blamed yourself you for the injury his career he was playing for the fucking commanders at you one mi- point. You're, you're, you made that happen with your mind. Uh, Jesus. Oh, God. All right. Anybody oh, else have a good superstition? I'm not going to change. I can't affect the outcome. I'm just telling you that. All right. Well, we should have, you know, listen, if you've got a good superstition out there, check out, come come to our Facebook page and leave your superstition on there for us. Because I, I know, I know House isn't the only one. Who's this crazy? I, I know it. I know he's not. He's I, I, borderline, but I do have one last question on the superstition. I'm just curious, Milk. When the Tampa Bay Lightning make the playoffs, are you even capable of growing a playoff beard or <laughs> no? No. I've tried for a decade. <laughs> Nothing. I You're looking I at can't. it. You're looking at it right now. Yeah. It's very patchy. Doesn't come in fully. Oh God. No. All right. Well, come, keep, check us I, out. Drop us a line. I, Drop us a line. I, last thing on this, I keep imagining House walking around the link trying to find number 24 to get a beer. It's like, it's I'm like, gonna take thirsty, a picture like, like frothing because he's so thirsty and he can't find anything <laughs> like, to drink. Like, where did he go? Like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds miserable. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is terrible. All right. Uh, yeah, that's all we got. But, um, well, I guess the next topic is is mine and ding dong the witch is gone congratulations i cannot believe despite how many months this has been in the making it is done dan snyder the deal is closed he is not the owner of the commanders the washington football franchise anymore thank god started off 6.05 billion that's what the Josh Harris group uh, paid. It's a record for any sports franchise in North America. Um, and it, it's it's Josh Harris, uh, Mitchell Rails, who's a local philanthropist in the D.C. area, and Magic Johnson. That's the, the lead. There's a, a lot of different people. A couple interesting things about the sales that, you know, really because of how much the team went for, the NFL really had to, to be flexible in their financing rules. Uh, and I think more or less they had to have a conversation and say, you know, the, these franchises are going for so much money now that if we don't change some of our, our rules around financing the ownership of a team, we're going to limit ourselves to like three people who could ever buy a team. 
So there's a ton of minority investors in this. It's a huge purchase. Um, that's that's one thing on it. But I, I mean, you guys, I mean, milk for one is way too young. But the, I mean, we won three Super Bowls in nine years at one point. I mean, this was a premier franchise in the NFL. And this guy just destroyed it. And somebody made, I, I heard this this morning on a local podcast about how he did stuff that screwed up the team so badly. And this is this is bizarre, but if you think about it, this is what meddling does. Nobody on the in the team wanted to draft Dwayne Haskins with the 15th pick in that draft. I don't remember what, what year that was, 20 or 19 or something like that, but nobody wanted to. And Dan Snyder made them take Haskins. That's bad enough. Wow. But if you think about what happened the next year, the next year they had the second pick in the draft. The owner had said Haskins is the quarterback of the future. So with the second pick, they take Chase Young. Now, who did they let go by because they had their quarterback of the future? How about Herbert and Tua? Oh, I don't know. That might be a little bit. You well, Chase Young. Yeah, that's, Chase Young at the time seemed really, yeah, really good on. pick. That's that may be true, but part of that was we have the quarterback of the future on the team. You're not going to take anybody else. I mean, you got that's how this stuff plays out. I mean, good teams are planning down the road all the time, and so that's just the kind of stuff that he did. I mean, you know, this, I think he, I think he destroyed your team before that by. Remember early on, he kept signing these aging, expensive veterans who who offered nothing to the team once they got there. You had Deion Sanders sitting in, uh, you know, in a lounge chair next to the owner during games because he couldn't play. Yeah, that you had that gigantic Albert Hainsworth, all those guys, terrible signings. And 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 it just goes. Look, he was never going to get a stadium deal done anywhere, let alone in the district anywhere. Um. And now, you know, Magic Johnson's going to charm, you know, the suits off the city council uh, and and we'll be looking at probably getting this. There's a real chance. And do you know what else is crazy? There's a there's a serious discussion right now about the name change going back to Redskins. There is so much uh, there's been so much data polling everything out there on this that now. People like the the Josh Harris has been calling them, you know, talking about the Redskins, the history of the Redskins, using the word in a way that over the last five or six years, nobody would even say the word. And it's a different conversation for a different day because there's a lot of mixed history on what that word actually means. And, and we don't need to get into that now. But, you know, Dan Snyder, if he ever said that word, it was the district will never let you come back here and build a stadium. Everything's changed. Everything is different in one day about this. Um, and it, it's just, I, I cannot even explain the mood in DC because you just didn't think this was going to ever, ever happen. And he's What's such a, a horrible guy. And, and it's just, it literally, it's over. But I do want to make one last note on this. The $60 million was the other number I threw out at the beginning. I know and that's that the fine. That's the fine that Dan Snyder has to pay. I think he is paying it out of the proceeds of the sale. But let's not forget something. And this is this is problematic. You know, this guy bought the team for eight hundred million dollars. He is making a seven hundred percent gain in twenty four years, and his punishment is a sixty million dollar slap on the wrist and he goes off now you can say he lost his franchise but he was found by in the mary joe white report to have harassed assaulted uh you know a female employee to have run a hostile work environment and this guy is laughing all the way to the bank on that report he's already moved to the uk he doesn't live here and he's taken his six billion dollars uh, and is going to park it on his yacht. Didn't you uh, say 6.1? 6.05. 
Because um, don't you think that he negotiated the fine into the asking price? Sure he did. Sure, sure. he did. I mean, he got zero slap on the wrist. Yeah. Losing the. Team. I don't know that he's fully out of the clear legally on all this stuff. Of course, it's never going to really touch him, uh, given what he made. Um, it, look, I, I think it's good for the entire NFL that this guy is. He, he was hurting the NFL product. He was putting the owners in a bad situation. He was putting the the league all around in a bad situation. He's a bad, bad dude. Bad dude. But but I do have a question for all you guys. Um, I know we've reached a point where there's like cross ownership of different sports franchises across different sports. Oftentimes, it's the same owner that has you know teams in the same city or maybe – has an American team and then maybe a team over in like premier league, but does it trouble any of you, of course, bison, but any of you that Josh Harris is an owner of the Washington football team, the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey devils. And I can no. tell you, I, I can tell you there's a lot of Sixers fans that are bothered by it because there's, there's something about loyalty to your town, to your city, to to like interacting with the other teams. You know, we our owners support each other, et cetera, et cetera. He, he, he Josh Harris is not going to come and uh, you know start bringing you know Philadelphia Eagles to come in and 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 be at the center court anymore before Sixers games anymore. I know it's a small thing, but the question is, does does that kind of thing bother any of you? If I were a Sixers fan, the thing that would bother me more is his stated commitment to put the commanders as his first priority. Yeah, I'd exactly. Second. I'd second but that. But that could we... be the case even if he bought the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one thing you have to, to recognize, and, and it's a little Pollyannish to not just get there on this. These are businesses that these guys are buying, right? These are these are business investments just like if somebody buys a car dealership and has a Chevy dealership on one block and a Ford dealership on another block and and a Toyota dealership on a third block I mean these are business investments for these guys um yeah I get it you want them to be all in because it does mean so much to the city I mean Josh Harris grew up in the DC area he did grow up as a fan but let me tell you something having a self-proclaimed number one fan didn't work out so well for us for the last 24 years because yeah. Dan Snyder was a diehard uh, at the time Redskins fan. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think your point is the better one about how does he prioritize and where does the money go? But these are self-contained businesses. There's not, there's not a limited amount of capital. Are you voice from God? How? It's Brian Pope. Oh, it's Brian up, Pope guys? from Dallas, Texas. It's Dallas, yes. Texas. How are you? Did you yes, I'm alive. Your case? Uh, That's confidential. He can yeah, tell you, but he have to kill you. That's TBD. Yeah, no, I think I think it, as long as there's enough capital and it's not a, a, a limited limited resource issue, um, I think it's just the it's what modern sports franchise ownership is about. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Um, you have two owners in Harris and Magic Johnson who know how to entertain. Josh Harris, if you go to any Sixers game, he understands the fan experience and putting on a show. There is never a dull moment during timeouts, pregame, halftime, in between quarters. I do think, uh, look, I, I hope the Redskins lose every single game from here to attorney, but I think the fans have been suffering long enough. That I do think they're deserving of some entertainment and a reason to show up to whatever stadium they're going to play in. And I think you're going to get that from these owners. And I, so I that's going to be awesome. You... They'll have like uh, the guy shooting the uh, T-shirts and hot dogs from the middle of the field that's now. Right. Yes. All sorts of I, don't, fun. I don't think <laughs> you I don't think you meant that what you said about losing every game from now until eternity. That's because true. Remember, I want, we play I, the Cowboys. I, I, yeah, I do want year. them to be. I do want them to be the Cowgirls. Oh, I, yeah. Thank uh, you. All right. I, well, I would, that that was my story. Anybody else yeah, have anything else? On I that? would just say as a as a two things. One, I do think the multiple ownership thing is a real issue. We've dealt with that in Tampa with the Glaciers and and Man U. Now that's 
obviously they own a soccer team in in the UK, but the distraction is is a real thing and has brought you know some issues here in in Tampa, even on the backdrop of a, of a Super Bowl. But I will tell you this on a positive note: I, you cannot stress enough the importance of ownership. I know they don't; they're not the players. But I'm telling you, it starts at the top. We had a horrific owner, probably Rooster. You're old enough to remember Hugh Culverhouse. Yep. He was, he was the owner of the Bucks before the Glaciers. He was the, I mean, before there was Dan Snyder's of and he ownership. was he was as bad as Richardson and Snyder. Absolutely horrendous. Uh, we had decade decades of of losing. He the he sells. We run him out of town. The Glaziers come in, and Malcolm Glazier. Now his sons have not done a, a, an effective a job, but Malcolm Glazier was a brilliant man, brilliant businessman, and turned Tampa around into a winning franchise. And if you have that, it good things will come to the Commanders. So I, I, I mean, it's a it's a magical move, man. I, I think the Commanders have a bright future. Um, I think the Red Sox fans would agree with Milk on the dangers of ownership being international and getting distracted from their their core team because the Red Sox have gone downhill ever since the owners bought yeah. um what do they own man u no not man u um no Glazier's liverpool yeah liverpool liverpool yeah well you just bring in brady and that solves all your problems until baker mayfield your course. well it's going to it's going to still be a long the, the Washington football team has a long way to go, um, but Lord knows I, I didn't did not think I'd see the day. Snyder's a young man, and so this is uh, this is remarkable. Congrats, buddy! Congratulations, Spice. Yeah, congrats, congratulations to you, Pope. Yeah, congratulations to you, Pope. You may have the worst owner in the NFL, now. right? At least you got rid of your owner before he's an octogenarian. Yeah, Fuck. so. If the if the Redskins are worth six billion dollars, what could the Cowboys sell for? Double oh, that? Good no, God. not double that. Ten for sure. What did Jerry buy him for? No. Hundred grand? Yeah, like eight hundred, nine hundred thousand. <laughs> no way, really? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, he did. He did. It was, uh, it was like eight or nine million. Yeah, it was, it was multi-millions, but it wasn't yeah. anything close to a B. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was cheap. Yeah. All right. So Milk used an interesting word there that's a good segue for us. You said it was magical. Um, and, I mean, we saw a little a little magic in Miami over the weekend, uh, didn't we, House? With I mean, God, Miami, everything. Every, Miami is making gold in the sports universe these days. I just think just real briefly, if you did not see Messi's goal in the last seconds, literally in basically a meaningless um, tournament between MLS teams and uh, Mexico, then you're living under a rock. I I think the, the entire sports world saw that really made for Hollywood moment. Messi's first game, he comes on in the, I don't know, 64th, 65th minute. The stadium is full. $440 is the average price per ticket for a basically exhibition match when being played by a last place team in MLS. And he comes on and gets a free kick awarded to him. And and you saw him bend it in on that free kick with the perfect shot. And it's just what he's going to do for soccer in the United States. I mean, it was already trending up, but what he is going to do, LeBron James and Serena Williams were there in person at that game. I mean, this is greatness representing, you know, respecting greatness. And Don't forget Kim Kardashian. She was there and too. Kim Kardashian. Well, LeBron so. evidently told Kim that he was going to make it. <laughs> oh, of oh. course. LeBron always seems to know before it happens. That's, that's, that, he really that's, went out on a limb. That's his story. He said. He said he told Kim Kardashian that he's going. He's going to make this. <laughs> he really. He really hates to make stories about himself, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, wow. Gosh, LeBron. That's like a mini punch. Just. <laughs> I just. Uh, you just when you thought after we watched the World Cup, and you you were wondering whether or not 
Messi was going to finally get that last piece on the mantle, you know, for for his beloved Argentina. And you thought with that magical game between him and Mbappe in the finals that the legend was complete and the movie was over. Hollywood cuts out after the World Cup ends. And it's not to say that this is the same stage as World Cup, but the legend just keeps growing. You know, it's just nuts. So it's really cool. I'm happy for I'm happy for MLS because it's been a league that's trying to really find their lane. Uh, a couple nights earlier, the MLS All-Stars uh, played in Washington, D.C. against Arsenal, who, you know, was a top four team making Champions League. They almost won the Premier League last year. And Arsenal stomped the best that MLS has to offer. Well, next year, I think there's going to be some different players on the MLS All-Star team. It'll be interesting to watch what happens just in a given year between this past week and next year. There's an amazing picture uh, from from the Messi checking in. And it might have actually been from the, the kick where everybody is standing with their phones out filming except Beckham and Beckham is just sitting there in a suit, just leaning in watching. And he's the only one who doesn't have a camera, you know, that he's just taking in the actual moment of it. And he has this little grin on his face, like just totally at peace watching what's happening. It, it's, it's a pretty cool picture. We'll put it up on Facebook. And so, you know, how so you- here's another, uh, another, kind of addition to what you're saying house about soccer finally catching on. Did you guys see where there was an exhibition exhibition match in Chapel Hill between Chelsea and Wrexham? We all know Wrexham from the Brian Reynolds story. Anyway, uh, it was sold out. Keenan stadium was sold out over 50,000 fans came to see a friendly between Chelsea and what a fourth tier uh, English soccer club. So yeah. I mean that's pretty amazing. They set a record. They set a record for U.S. watch game in MetLife Stadium between Arsenal and Man U this past weekend for an exhibition game, um, and and that's why Messi's bet on the MLS financially is going to be the right one. Had Messi done that same thing this past weekend, but over in Saudi Arabia playing for some Saudi Arabian club, coming on the ninety third minute to make some free kick. It, I'm just telling you, it wouldn't have cashed the same way. No way. He would have. He would have lived to kick another day. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well, you saw where Mbappe incredible. turned him down, right? How much did they offer Mbappe? One point one billion for one year. It's crazy. It's Three hundred million for the transfer fee and seven hundred million for his salary for the year. Unreal. It, and he said no. That's, that's more than some sports franchises are worth. That's seven hundred million for like six months. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna end up dismembered because the Saudis don't like not getting what they, what they yeah. have. Or so. By the way, I that, just that was Bison it. that said that. That was Bison. Yeah, that right. said that. No, it was not. That was Pope. <laughs> what do you want? Any of you guys gonna hey. go to a Miami game? I just looked at tickets when they play Orlando in uh, September. Good luck getting a ticket. Hey. Can we can can, can we move, move on here? I can't wait to get to golf and tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sarcastic. We're moving, we're moving from soccer to golf and tennis. We do it so, all. We do do it all. Pope, um, you're late. You you get the merits for being late tonight, but you do still get to talk about the open. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, nobody. Had uh, Brian Harmon winning, I assume, on uh, any of their uh, uh, house. Uh, um, uh, well, well, no, 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 yeah. no. House House picked him on his fantasy golf team, among other golfers. Yes, I obviously, but golf. nobody's picking Brian Harmon to win. I did no, hear house Rick did. Riley predict that he would be the top left-handed finisher. Oh, oh well, that's, talk about going wow. out on a limb. That's <laughs> awesome. Jeez, put a hero. So over, he, in other words, he he beat Phil head to head, right? And like Bubba and Watson Bubba, did he even play. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. So Brian Harmon, who is a, I guess you know, for lack of a better word, he's a plotter. I mean, the guy gets out, plays tournaments every week, finishes you know top twenty five, top thirty on a regular basis. Sometimes he competes. Sometimes in the first. 
first, second round, you know, he's up there on the leaderboard and you're like, well, you know, who's this guy? Can he sustain it? Uh, but what was he going into the, to the open? He was what? 26 in the world. Like so 175 to one in the twenties. Yeah. 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 So, you know, somebody that he's, he's on the like third tier guy to watch. Uh, I, you know, wrongly, and I'm sorry, Brian, uh, don't come after me, but I didn't think that you had the stamina to go 72. Uh, and I said that you would fade. Um, but he's going to dismember you. Well, he's, he's got a, he's got a bow. (laughs) He's going to come out. He's going to put a bow through your heart. Exactly. Left-handed. That exactly. But you know, it's a, not a bow and arrow that shows you how much we know about hunting on this show. That's Roy McElroy to cover hunting next week. Yeah. <laughs> Roy McElroy is now gone uh, a full decade without winning a major. Oh, uh, that's a shame. I know Patrick that, that bumped you out. Um, but you know, the, again, uh, so much talent and he just can't put it together. Nobody could putt this weekend except for Harmon. Except for Brian Harmon. Harmon. Yeah. I mean, had, no he, three he putts. Set, he set the record for the lowest number of putts in the tournament. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. He made a 40 footer uh, that basically just shut the door uh, on 14. Um, but a couple times there were moments where he staggered in the first five holes on Saturday and Sunday. And you're like, okay, here we go. And, and he, to his credit, he came back. He had a, he had a game plan and that was to hit the ball short of the pot bunkers which, you know, he is a, a shorter hitter than some of those guys. Some of those guys were trying to take it out over the pot bunkers and they were, you know, going into the gorse or the bushes or or even in the bunkers. But uh, Harmon was just consistent. You know, he's one of those guys who uh, is just not going to make a lot of mistakes uh, if he can just keep the ball in the fairway. And um, he hit 70% of his fairways. Yeah. So that and being an exceptional putter will get you somewhere. It will, and his short game. I mean, he got, he got up and down on some of those uh, on Saturday and Sunday. You were you were thinking, okay, here we go. You know, he's gonna he's gonna not be able to get up and down, and then Rom or somebody, McElroy, uh, Fleetwood, all those guys had their chances. They just could not could not putt. I mean, Cam Young, if he could have putted, he would have he would have been a threat. But um, you know, Brian is Brian Harmon one of those guys is he a one-off i think that's one of the questions we ask is he a one-off is he um gonna win you know one major and then he won't compete for any others was this a magical weekend for him didn't, or, didn't he didn't he almost win an open not too long ago he came in second uh, Kepka, place well it was a few years ago Kepka. Kepka. yeah, yeah Kepka beat him you i think he'll open? be back in this tournament i think he'll be back in this tournament yeah but i mean is is Troon gonna be everybody said this was a favorable setup for him is Troon going to be uh, as as uh, receptive to Brian Harmon's game? I mean, somebody made a comment that this course was set up perfectly for for his game. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, the look, look prognosticators were also saying that uh, this this course was perfect for DJ. Yeah, did he, he, did he even make the cut? No, no, no he's I, not interested in playing golf anymore. It, it, I agree with you, Pope, because. It, it is. I mean, McElroy, all these guys, they take advantage of their their length. And I mean, if he he didn't have to hit it far, he didn't have to hit it long to win this tournament. And that's not true in a lot of courses in the U.S., especially. Right. And if you have good short iron play and and can putt, you know, he 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 took away that advantage that and especially yesterday with the conditions, you know, McElroy was out 200 something yards on second shots, which is unheard of by the way, uh, a lot of times. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you'll, I don't know if we're going to see Harmon winning a, a U.S. open or, or anything like that, but I agree with, with you, Toby. I think he would, I think he could win another open. I Look, I feel like uh, Harmon is your style of player based on how long he takes. before. <laughs> he how many waggles he has. The waggler. I, I appreciated the the head nods back and forth. <laughs> oh my god! No, I mean, I was just it was it was really and and apparently he has he's he's bought some contraptions to help him practice. I didn't see him using it after every shot, like someone we know. But uh, he's with <laughs> you. He's with you on all the it little... takes, man. Easy partner. <laughs> <laughs> well. It was kind of boring open. 
He yeah, that's a huge exactly. lead. He had a I, huge I mean, lead. I mean, it was kind of boring. There was, yeah. there was no real drama on Sunday. No. There really wasn't. And there wasn't really any major carnage, uh, which is what the Open is famous for. Yeah, yeah. true. I, I still, there was I still be. want to know why Ricky Fowler is wearing sunglasses in the pouring rain. So it's Phil. I think, didn't we answer that question at the beginning of the hour? Whether we talked about Ritual. orange, but does he have Ritual. to wear the sunglasses too? Yes. Did and they have like? By the way, did they have like little windshield wipers on them so they can, yeah. my Guys he, were guys were turning their hats him. around. It was raining so hard the water was pouring down there. He was Bills. one of the bigger disappointments of the tournament. I Ricky, had him. Thought, I had people Ricky. thought he was playing well. I think. Yeah. I, you know, he finished even, so that was what top. I don't know, top yeah. 25? Top, no, it's good. I just, you're I not first, you're last. Loser. That's right. Loser. All right. Um, can we go on to the thrilling topic of Wimbledon? Is this still happening? Did that, did they, are we, are we covering? We got to catch up the listeners. Go on, that. Milk. Talk about Milk, that guy who ahead. still lives with his parents behind Milk, you you're the picture. expert. Yeah, Milk, you're the expert. Well, <clears throat> so our listeners know Pope and I had a, a bet. Well, this is the way I remember it. At least we had a bet who was going to win Wimbledon. I picked Alcaraz and he picked Joker. Is that how you guys remember it? And I was right. And at some point, Pope said that if Alcaraz pulls this off, that you become the new tennis expert. Exactly. And my expertise came through. I saw <laughs> what he didn't see. And there was his second major victory. Uh, I, I look. I don't want to. So this is like your coronation. This yeah. is like your coronation. Yeah, thank you. Right. Take a lap, milk. Yeah, step yeah, up to the lap, plate, milk. bro. Come on, milk. Take I, a lap. I, I, I will just say. Better yet, this. step on Pope's head. <laughs> um. Well, look, he's like Joker. He's fading. He's oh, getting older. Oh, 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 his knowledge. Wow. Is, wow. He he couldn't let that go is a Joker. shot he's across held the bow. On him. He's held on to him so long he couldn't let go, and it got in a way of better judgment, which I saw. And I will tell you this: I remember, I remember watching the U.S. Open, like probably twenty years ago or whatever, and it was Agassi versus Federer, and Federer destroyed Agassi. And I said, you know, that his career's done; it's over. That's the end. He's too old. I think we finally saw that at Wimbledon. I think that's the beginning of the end for Joker. I think wow. his age. I th- well, then let me tell you why. Hold on. Milk has been doing this I, for 20 years. Don't doubt yeah, him. So yeah. yeah. I, I know what I'm talking about. He is 36 <laughs> years old, and I don't care what you say. Father Time is undefeated, and he has gotten away with being so successful because he is so fucking good, by the way, that his talent has been able to 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 you know get away from these younger guys and and you know, he's able to to just use his talent against some of these guys that have more, you know, um, uh, just energy or whatever you want to call it. And I saw a guy, this guy is just as good as Joker and he's 20 years old. And I think, you know, I've never, he, he owned him in the first set Joker did. And then this guy comes back and wins the whole thing. You never see that. He's got a two on one record against the greatest tennis player in the world. I think finally you Joker was facing a guy who's just as good as him and the age comes out. I mean, it's 30, 36 is ancient in tennis. You don't see a lot. Of, Andy Murray is 36. We look at him and we're like, holy fucking shit. Andy Murray. Who is that? So I, are, I are think, still, I think are we still talking for, about tennis. <laughs> yes. Joker's done. Pope. Do you agree? I think Pope, I Pope think checked Pope could, out. Pope walked he couldn't out. take it anymore. He's checked he out. It anymore. He's, he's you've hurt his feelings. He quit he the yep. show. He he's left out. his shoes on the mat. He he's done. Oh wait. He's, oh, he's back. I mean, what he's is back. the battle? I just I don't he see took this a breath. guy competing he took a breath. anymore. Rebuttal is that Joker is going to win another three or four majors. How about Whoa! That? Whoa! Wow! One hundred. All right. There's only one way to make tennis yeah, interesting. Yeah, only one way. What do you guys got on it? Let's hear it. What's the bet? What's the wager? Bet you a hundred dollars. He does not win. No, that's not interesting. I want head (laughs) shaved. 
I'll, I'll bet you six billion dollars. <laughs> I, I All right, whoever. Yeah. How about whoever loses gets the tattoo? Get the tattoo. Yeah, that's 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 no, 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 no. I take yes. it back. I take it. Yes. I take it all back. I take it all back. <laughs> oh God! For it's, the it's listeners, all... three out of the five of us have the SMQB's logo tattoo. Where two are still holding out, and it's the two tennis buffs. That's right. Yes, <laughs> naturally. I will tell you this. That's right. I'll, Alcaraz will win at least 14 majors. I agree with that. Well, how how, how in the world are we, how are we, gonna, are we supposed to bet on that? Two of us will be dead gonna, by then. Yeah, we're going to come back when I'm in, <laughs> when my 70s. <laughs> Rooster and I'll be. Well, it's not my fault. You're so old. Jesus. Rooster and I'll be in hospice. <laughs> at least we'll know that the Cowboys still won't have won a Super Bowl. Uh, so that's, they, that's I'm that's sure right. they will not have. The, yeah. They'll be going on 50 years by then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he milk, he could win a lot of majors. He's got the talent, no question. And and you know, one of the reasons he could win is because other than Joker, there's not really a big three or big four that I can tell around the corner. So he could dominate in a way that Federer, Nadal, and Joker weren't able to because they kept knocking each other off. I agree with that. That's it, a very it, good I'm sorry. What, what is nobody this person's else. name? Huh? What is his name? What's his Carlos name? the Jackal. Alcatraz. Carlos. Alcaraz. Oh. Alcaraz. The guy's 20 years old. He makes every single shot on the court. On, and he lives and now, with his parents. And now apparently on every possible surface. So and he gets th- he gets three home cooked meals a day. Yeah. So we know his nutrition is going to be fine because he's we'll with his would, mom. I would love I would love to see another Joker uh Carlos final in the US Open coming up in a month. What is it true? Yeah, they don't. I'd love to see another bet between you and Mill. Sounds fucking riveting. Okay, who's got a punch? Call it a comeback. Somebody, please get us out of here. I've got one. You have one too, House. Yeah, you go first, Rooster. All right. I I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh boy! Oh, he's punching the Giants. I'm punching punching the the Giants' ownership. Daniel wow. Jones and Saquon Barkley. Wow! Oh my wow. God! Spare no one. This, this is my is, favorite episode. The, Holy shit! I, I firmly did. believe that the Giants' ownership are guilty of colluding with other owners on this running back issue. Um, Saquon Barkley is not Zeke. He is not a broken down first through third down back who you know, made his career behind a superior offensive line and all he could do was run the ball three to five yards a pop. Saquon Barkley is the Giants' offense, period. Without Saquon Barkley, Danny Jones is a guy who throws um, 16 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. With Saquon Barkley, he signs this gigantic contract, and um, and the Giants are screwing with their 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 best player. So the I think the ownership is is only doing this because of collusion. It's no it's no coincidence that Jacobs Josh Jacobs has not been signed, and Ekelar went through all of his nonsense. Uh, it, it, they've they've clearly decided they're going to freeze out the high highly paid running backs, and who. We're, Daniel Jones is supposed to be the leader of the team. He basically is in the lucky sperm club because he's got Saquon on his team, and it's what made him all this money. Why doesn't he do what uh, Milk's God Tom Brady used to do when he was on the Patriots and go to the owners and say, we need him. I'm not leaving until you sign him. And if you need to take some of my money to sign him, go ahead. I'll restructure the, he never even said a peep in defense of his moneymaker. And I, I just think that the rest of the locker room is going to have less respect for D- Daniel Jones. The owners blew it. And I disagree with everybody who says, oh, Saquon is, is a replaceable part, just like all running backs. If you look at the statistics, he is the Giants offense. And yeah, we got some new receivers in, but they're all untested and who knows what's going to happen with those guys? But why is Barkley getting punched? Because social media. he responded to all this by um, scrubbing his social media like a like a bitch. Sand, 
Say it. He's a, it. just like the others who do it. I hate that shit. Don't fucking Kyler hold Murray. your breath and act like a baby like Kyler Murray. You're better than that. Saquon Barkley is a class act. If he gets his shit together with the with his contracts and he finishes out his career, he's going to have a promising career in television. He's just that personable and classy. He doesn't need to be behaving like some asshole on the Memphis Grizzlies or Kyler Murray. He shouldn't do that. So he gets a little he gets a little milk slapped. I'm giving a punch and to the ownership and to Daniel Jones. So Rooster, you're the GM for the for the Giants. What are you signing him to then? Well, what's the difference between between the um what they were offering and what he was asking for? Mm, few million. Obviously a lot. No, not a lot. It was not a lot. It was just that he wanted for, or how many guaranteed. years does he want? Or how many years? I think he wanted something like 13 and the, and and they were offering 11 or 10 or 11. But, but he wanted years? He, he wanted Four, I think, and four years. Maybe he's got two left. Maybe. I, I believe was, this. I believe this. Is what running happens back. in the NFL now? So, so, but the unintended consequences of what they're doing is they've taken the hottest coach in football and cut him off at the knees. There's going to be tension with the coach and the GM and the ownership. It's just a stupid move. The, the Giants can afford to make a bad decision for for two out of four years on Saquon Barkley. If with Saquon Barkley, they may go deep into the playoffs this year or next year. Without him, they have no chance. I have no idea how much time is left on the collective bargaining agreement between the NFL players and the owners, but I can tell you this. The remnants from this current running back thing are going to linger for a long time because what's really at the heart of all this is guaranteed contracts. And while it's become a passing league, and while it's true that whether it's two years or four years left, the, the bottom line is teams don't win Super Bowls on the backs of running backs anymore. But these running backs who are at the top of the league, you know, they all got together with Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey and Saquon. Um, and and they basically are trying to unionize amongst the running backs to figure out a way that they can keep the owners. Now they have no bargaining power right now, but not no bargaining power, but one day the players are going to have some bargaining power and it's going to come down to guaranteed contracts. Cause it's one of the few leaks where it doesn't happen. And it's a problem for running backs. It's really hurting it, them. The problem is, is too, you can't treat Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley the same as you would treat Zeke Elliott because they block in the passing game and they catch passes and have lots of passing yards. They're different. They're a different breed. They're, they're four down backs. Rooster. It is, it is bananas. When you see the stats that I think the average running back gets paid less than the average kicker in the NFL right now. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that. Uh, uh, yeah. On a per annualized or per game basis. Yeah. There's some crazy stat like that. Yeah. Average annual value. Right. Yeah. Well, are, are you talking about second and third string running backs bringing down the? Surely right. the first string running backs aren't there's, getting. There's less one kicker on the team. Yeah. But but the the point is well made. I mean, in today's NFL, I, look, the Zeke contract broke the running back contracts. That was an albatross around our. It's not the only one. There are others, but that was an albatross around the Cowboys' neck for years. They regretted it pretty much as soon as he signed it. So you're just not going to see those kind of numbers again for a second contract for these running backs. And and they're they're having a hard time struggle they're struggling with that, but that's a that's reality. But to House's point, Nick Chubb does have guaranteed money in his contract, and yet he's still in solidarity with these guys. And same with Christian McCaffrey. So uh, what I think another under, unintended consequence is going to be is when they all start signing, you know, reluctantly their, um, their what do you call those deals where they get the, deals? No, the, the thing that the thing that uh, Kirk Cousins did. Yeah. They, when they get for, tagged, 
when they get the franchise tag, all right, so they sign it and he gets 10 million next year. Every running back in the league is hurt by the time of the second game, right? They're all going to start saying, all right, I'm a little banged up. I'm not, I, I'm going to have to miss this game. You know, it's, I think it's going to, they're all going to start talking. They're all going to start figuring out a way to make the league take notice and it's going to hurt the game. Great. Good punch. All right, House, you got one? Yeah. I mean, Brooks Kepka is such a jerk. <laughs> you can uh, send it right cupcake. there. Uh, yes. Cupcake. He is yes. such yes. an ass. Yes. There's a story that came out just before this open that uh, Kepka gave an interview to Sports Illustrated where he basically said that he has given up. I've basically given up on Matthew Wolf. A lot of talent, but I mean the talent's wasted. So, first of all, it's a jerky thing to say about any teammate or any like colleague in your sports, but particularly when you know the guy is battling mental health issues, which is apparently well documented amongst the the pros that that's Wolf Wolf has some demons that he's dealing with. And what could be shittier than to go into the public press and say, I've given up on this guy. And um, so Just for purposes you know, of background, Kepka is the is the captain of the yeah. live team that Wolf is on. Yeah. Team smash. So so basically he agreed to be on team smash. Wolf did. And Kepka was like who cares like really that that's what his goal is is to win the team competition and live i mean as it is you're being paid ridiculous amounts of money from you know the public interest fund of saudi arabia i just think the guy is so full of himself such a jerk he has plenty of money he's got plenty of majors and when a guy is struggling like that you know okay you want to be disappointed that the guy didn't turn out to be what you want him to be fine but to go and then air it out in an interview like what is your constitution when you say something like that and wolf says he's really heartbroken over it like this does this is not helping his mental health issues that this is being aired out in the public and so believe me i shed no tears that uh brooks kepka was plus eight finishing 64th in the open that jerk off punch so, him in the knee i'm gonna so, punch him in the knee i am gonna swing a club across his face so we I'll have swing. one live golfer getting his feelings hurt by another live golfer fuck them all house where uh where did kepka go to college i don't know i'm guessing florida or something no well Florida State, so that just oh well. Then that's another reason to punch him, right? It's just this is part this of happens. Part. Yeah, I'm, All I'm right. sure there's a lot of guys dying to play with Kepka in the Ryder Cup. <clears throat> That'll right. be interesting. Yeah, fuck them all. All right, anybody have a lasso? We're so positive this week. Crickets, crickets. <laughs> all right, just we'll save that. Lasso, lasso the commanders. Lasso them. You know. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah, this here's here's to never having to utter Dan Snyder's name again on this show. Let's hope. Yes. Let's hope. All right, buzzer beaters. Well, I'll go quick. This week there could be some tectonic plates in baseball. Uh August first August first is the trade deadline. So maybe I guess we'll have one more discussion of it next Monday. But some of the biggest names had the Angels finally given up on Mike Trout. Are they willing to to move Otani for a haul? Um, you know, there are there are five or six teams that are on the cusp of making the playoffs in the National League, and they're all desperate for anything from starting pitching, relief pitching, outfielders. There are a lot of needs, a lot of teams. I love it about baseball this year. There's a lot of buyers at the trade deadline, and I think you're going to hear some major, major players move this week. I'd be surprised oh, if it doesn't happen. Place. Don't go to the Phillies, please. Just, please do not I, let that I, happen. I looked into the whole Otani deal, and I, I don't think anybody's going to trade for him because the cost is too high for a rent a player. For because according according to everything I've read, his his people say he is not going to entertain any discussion about signing a long term contract with any team that he may be traded to. Period. Not even a a starter. So. 
if you don't have any assurance that you can potentially sign this guy to a long-term haul, then why are you going to give up your franchise for the guy for a rent a player for two months? I think some of these owners are smart enough to pull it, pull pull, pull it off, you know, sure. Okay. Yeah. We know it's a year, but we're going to make you our starter. We're going to put everything around you. We're going to pay you $300 million a year. You know, you're going to be the highest player ever, you know, I, I go ahead test the market, but we're telling you the reason why we're signing you is because we're going to pay you this money. I think he's going to either the Yankees or the Dodgers, and I don't think anybody can do anything about that. As a trade, as a trade, or at no. the end of his contract, free agent signing. That's annoying. It is annoying, but that's you know that's where Babe Ruth wants to go. He didn't want to go to Texas. He didn't well, want to go so to Philly. He didn't want to go to the- Seattle. All the more reason for the Angels to trade them, even if it's not for the haul that you think, but get right. something, right? right? Get something for them. Right. Well, like the Orioles. The Orioles are have the best record in the American League and apparently have a whole slew of young players ready to bring up next year. So they're buyers right now. I've, I've heard I think they need a pitcher. Does, they need a does he not pitcher. have a no trade clause in his contract for at all? I don't think he does. That's well, re- remember, it's not, it doesn't work that way in baseball. It's based on, I think it's based on service time, right? If you're, if you're like 10 and five, 10 years in the majors and five years with the same team, then you can veto a trade. So I don't, he's not been in the majors for 10 years. So I don't think it's a, somebody should check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works in major league baseball. You have to be a 10 and five guy, and then you can exercise new trade. I'm I'm saying he's not going to get traded. Are they still in it? Sort of? No. 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 They the Orioles are a sleeper team to get them though in trade. I think so. I don't know. I don't know why you leverage your future. Who else has a buzzer beater? I've got a couple quick ones. Number 1, Jimmy G is has been released to play and so the Raiders are not going to void his contract and they're going to give him at least a year. Number two, did you guys hear uh, what Jordan Addison's excuse was for going 140 miles an hour in a 55? I think it was in the citation about his dog. dog? dog He was having a dog emergency at home that he had to get home to. So the may like the dog must have called him up and said, I'm in crisis, brah. Hurry up. <laughs> oh, who advised him on that? Oh, man. I think it's in the citation. I it think it's in the police citation. citation. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if Mrs. Pope called and said we had some issues with one of our dogs. I, you know, That's I don't true. think you'd have to fly home from the you'd have to fly home from Copenhagen. Right? I don't think my <laughs> infinity will go 140, but it would go as fast as it could up that tollway. What time was it, though? Didn't he get arrested at three in the morning or something? No, no, I think oh, it was at, okay. at a normal. Oh, it was just after 3 a.m. in St. Paul. <laughs> OK, yeah, well, the dog was throwing up. Yeah, oh, okay. the t- stomach issues. He was yeah. driving a Lamborghini. Guys, guy hasn't played one down in the NFL yet. He was driving a Lamborghini. One hundred forty at three a.m. Yeah, that's not. It's a that at emergency. I don't that's think what, so. That's what we might call a red flag. Yeah. There's more he to the story. I'm going to dig into it. My I'll dog, my dog me. ate the fill in my the blank. That was the yeah. emergency. Oh, get on, get on this and. Get on this. I will. Any other I, I, any I, I, other buzzer beaters? Come on, we gotta salute Red Bull and Max Verstappen. Oh fuck. Uh, we do? Yeah, we gotta do it. Record. Twelve wins in a row. It's never happened in Formula One before. The death of Formula One. It is a dominant, dominant race car driver and team. And it's never happened before. They they deserve a buzzer beater. Tune in mm. next week when we cover the evil people in sports. Well, the <laughs> but about McLaren know, though. McLaren's McLaren back. Is, McLaren looks good. Yeah, Piastri even two right. races in a row. Yeah. Lando, Anything else? Any players? other buzzer beaters? All right, guys, that's it. Have a good week, everybody.
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.